Welcome to episode 21 of In the Abstract, the Lakeland Title Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Johnson, the founder and owner of Lakeland Title. And for this episode, we're going to talk about decorating on a budget. And since I don't know much about decorating, I decided to bring in a very special guest. She's a, a dear friend of mine. We went to high school and college together. So if you need dirt on me, she's the one to contact. <laughs> she's the, uh, the founder of Capital Vintage Charm, and that is uh, Stacy Harvey. So Stacy, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Brian, I'm so flattered you asked me. Thank you so much. Uh, why don't you tell everybody what is Capital Vintage Charm? So Capital Vintage Charm is an online retail um, store. You can find me on Etsy and Cherish. Um, in addition to selling um, vintage home decor, I also um, try to educate folks on what I say is identifying, restoring, and decorating vintage. Um, so I try to be a bit of a resource guide as well for folks. Um, I think it's really important to have the story behind the items that you're purchasing and kind of knowing what you're getting your hands on. Um, besides, it's just sort of a, a fun way to learn more about the items that are in our homes. All right. So now that we've established you're an expert in the field, uh, <laughs> why don't you give everybody some, some tips on how they can decorate their new place uh, without spending too much money? Well, so it's, you know, funny you ask because we bought, um, so I'm, you know, based out of Washington, DC, hence the capital. Um, part of my name. And we bought a house about four or five years ago. Um, and I was kind of stuck in the situation where we had just bought this house and we're kind of house poor. Um, and now I needed to furnish it. So I really kind of started resourcing the way that I know how to, and that is secondhand furniture um, and started scouring the areas um, or the area for, for various finds and I'm proud to say that I that 90% of my house um, is secondhand um, and the remaining 10%, I just haven't had a chance to replace yet. Um, so I would suggest a couple of different avenues to, to look for, for various home decor. Um, you know, my very favorite place is estate sales. And I think estate sales can be a little bit, um, overwhelming if you are new to it. It, it. I think it's kind of hard to make yourself do it the first time. Um, my tip for getting started on the estate sales scene is not to go first thing on Friday morning. That's usually when they start. That is when the antique dealers are going to be there um, and, and the experts. So that is incredibly overwhelming. Um, usually the items are 50% off on Sundays, just depending on which estate sale company you see. So that's where you're going to be able to find the best bargains. Um, I think Saturday afternoon is probably the best time to go for a beginner. It's kind of in the middle. There's still going to be items left that weren't picked up by the antique dealers. Um, but you know, it's not going to be super picked over. Like maybe it would be on Sunday afternoon. My second favorite place um, is Facebook Marketplace. Uh, yeah. I think it is a resource like nobody's business. I mean, the amount of things that you can buy secondhand on there is astonishing. Oh, yeah. I've gotten some great stuff off Facebook. Have you? Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. I like that. I like a lot of that old kind of mahogany Chippendale stuff from the 80s that a lot of people are getting rid of, but it's still in great shape. And, it, you know, it's mahogany, so you can't go wrong with that. It is. And, you know, like the thing that I always tell people is even if you like it and it's pending or it's about to sell or whatever, even if it's already sold, go ahead and save it. 
in your list because the algorithm will learn what you like. And so when you go on Facebook Marketplace, it's going to have all the things that you want. So the algorithm will learn what your style is, basically. Um, it's dangerous. And now they ship. Have you ever got anything shipped? No, the only stuff I've gotten has been local. So that's... Oh, yeah. So now that they ship, I'm like buying myself napkin. I mean, it's it's so dangerous. It is so dangerous. But yeah, you're right uh, about that algorithm. They do they do find out exactly what you like and, and start tailoring stuff to that. I know, but it's so great because, you know, like if you like, I love bamboo, I love burned bamboo, vintage bamboo furniture. So that's something I search for a lot. And I have a listing that I've saved. But if something snuck by me or, um, you know, I see something that maybe they didn't know it was bamboo, I'll go ahead and save it. So then the, the algorithm, whenever I get on my like marketplace homepage, um, will show me, you know all those types of items. Um, I, I call myself a grand millennial. Um, I, I'm actually a great grand millennial because I'm too old to be an actual millennial probably. So I'm a great grand millennial. Um, yeah, we're in that so weird I, generation that's just like right on the cusp of, of Gen X, but right before millennial. So we're just in that weird spot. I know, right? Um, so anyway, I like a lot of the old, you know, the things that we probably had in our grandmother's home. Um, okay. And that's another place to look. Go raid your parents' house. <laughs> grandmother's house, you know? Yeah, pop up in um, the attic and see what's rolling around up there. <laughs> it is. It's wild, the things that have come back. Um, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's a testament to, you know, this generation and wanting to kind of preserve family memories. And, um, you know, I think that right now, there's a huge swing in sustainability too. And I think that that's really great that we're, we're making sure that these pieces don't end up in landfills. Um, you know, I, I love, I love this swing that we're seeing right now on vintage pieces. Yeah. No, uh, and one of the things for me uh, was that the, the stuff they're making now, it's more expensive and doesn't seem to be as good of quality as the old stuff. So you're kind of almost, you're so much better off getting the older stuff just because you're getting something that's more, more well-made, cheaper, and better quality. It is. You're so right, Brian. I think the, you know, I always tell people, or I'm often asked what the biggest mistake is that people make in secondhand shopping. And I think it's people underestimating how inexpensive it is to fix something. So, you know, if you find a really good price on like an antique table and it's all scratched up, it's not that expensive to get it refinished. Um, you know, and usually you can look around and, and find somebody to help you do that. And you've still saved a fortune. That piece will last forever. It's going to last so much longer than a, you know, West Elm table will because the craftsmanship was just, you know, amazing. Um, even if you're not a DIYer, I mean, I think that there are so many easy products that you can use to clean things up. Um, you know, I, I tease that one of my favorite things to use when I get something home from a thrift store or a state sale or whatever is the Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that bad boy can work some magic. It, um, oh, yeah. I can get paint off, you know, furniture legs with it, scratch marks off chairs, you know, wooden chairs and stuff. Oh, yeah. um, well, it's basically like a very fine, fine sandpaper, basically. It's so good. It's my absolute favorite. Um, 
anyway, so, you know, I think that looking around at places like that, and then the last place that I think is a great resource, just to kind of circle back on that, is auctions. Um, you know, I think, again, that can be overwhelming, but oh, yeah. so many things right now are online um, because of COVID. And I think that these auctions, you know, really drew in people during COVID um, when people couldn't leave their homes. Um, so you've seen a lot of price increases over there um, on the auction scene, just because they kind of captured that audience. Um, the buyer's premium, which is what you pay the auction house, in addition to the items, um, the item price, that's gone up a lot. Um, but there are still a lot of good deals to be had at auctions. And a lot of them ship or have shipping partners. So even if you're looking at an item, you're in, you know, I'm in D.C. and I'm looking at an item in New York, I can have it shipped to me. Okay. So that's a good resource, too. Okay. So what what are the things that you search for on Marketplace? What What terms do you use? Uh, it just kind of depends. Uh, I was looking for a console table. And so I just kind of searched like, uh, you know, mahogany Chippendale console. You Love know, it. And it I just think the pop east, right up. <laughs> I think the like less terms you use, you get the better deals. Mm. Because think about it. Anybody who knows what they have is going to know what to charge for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you put in, you know, whatever, French, oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever, then you're, it's over. But if you put in old chair, you're probably going to get <laughs> a really good deal on what you're looking for. It just takes a little bit more of a hunt. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And also I like on Facebook Marketplace, you can kind of check out the person too, because that was a yeah. concern for me. If, if I'm getting local delivery and so I could check out and it's like, oh, we've got friends in common. So this person's probably safe and they probably take good care of their stuff. And <laughs> Exactly. Because you never know what you're going to get, like where these, you know, what kind of items are coming from the homes. Um, I am definitely allergic to cats. So that's usually a question I have to ask if I'm buying like furniture or something from them to make sure that they don't have it. Cause I, there's not enough cleaning in the world that I can get the cat hair out of furniture. Oh yeah. Same here. Or smokers, <laughs> you know, like I don't, that stuff stays in the furniture. So you have to ask those questions before you purchase. Oh yeah. So, so now let's say somebody's found that great piece, uh, you know, on Facebook marketplace or at the estate sale. What are some tips you have for maybe uh, cleaning that piece and, and making it look brand new other than the magic eraser? Magic eraser, magic eraser. Um, you know, I think that old English wood cleaner is a gem. It is truly a gem. That stuff can shine up the dirtiest looking wood pieces. Um, for fabric, um, you know, I think if it's a real mess, you should probably take it to get it professionally cleaned. Um, I'll tell you, I've got like one of those Bissell pet stain cleaners and I can get so much dirt out of chairs and stuff using that. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think different, different things that I use, um, you know, for serving or for flatware and silver, um, peak is what I use. It's a, it's a cleaner. It's the best. I, it, that stuff cleans everything. <laughs> um, it really does. I mean, it, it, I like a product that I can buy one of and it cleans, you know, pewter, brass, silver, everything. Um, yeah. So those are kind of like my big ones. Um, things like rugs, 
Um, you know, I think it just depends. Sometimes you really need to smell it before you bring it home. Um, and sometimes you need to get it outside to smell it before you bring it home. So if you're at an estate sale or something and it's small, ask if you can roll it up and bring it outside to give it a quick sniff test. Um, sometimes you're in the house and you smell the house <laughs> and, you know, if there's pet urine on it and things like that, that it, those are kind of harder to get out. So I've, I'm going back through some of the mistakes that I have made in the past. Um, Baking soda is one of my favorite tricks to get odors out of, um, out of items. So like I will put baking soda down on a rug and leave it for a little bit and it'll absorb some of the odors. And then I go back through and vacuum it. Or if, yeah, I've done that before too. Yeah, it really works. Oh yeah. Um, and then I'll put like baking soda in a you know bowl and put it in a drawer if it, the drawer has an odor in like say a dresser or something. Okay. I never, I never I hadn't heard of that one. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. That really helps. Um, I love the old smell, you know, like that. Um, I don't know. I like that musty smell. So I don't want to get rid of that, but if it's got, you know, a different odor or if it's something that you don't want your clothes smelling like that, you might want to try the baking soda trick. Have you ever tried that? Uh, I think it's relatively new. It's called beyond paint. No. What is that? I think either it's either Lowe's or Home Depot. I think they developed it, but it's basically like an all-in-one paint primer, everything. And basically like all you have to do, you don't have to sand or anything. You just have to like clean a piece of furniture and you put this two coats of this beyond paint on and that's it. It takes care of it. And supposedly I haven't tried it yet, but from what I've seen, it, it seems to work pretty well and be very easy. So you can like in a day or two, you can have a, a piece completely painted without having to sand and do all that kind of stuff. Oh, that is so nice. It is amazing how far these products have come. I mean, yeah, even, even like when we would help our parents as kids, right? You know, like wallpaper has come so far. Oh, yeah. And I remember helping my dad redo furniture and stuff. It's, it's amazing that these primers are just as good as they are now. But yeah, supposedly beyond paint, you can use it on like laminate, formica, like anything pretty much. It'll, it'll just paint right over it. Now it's a little pricey because of that, but supposedly it's super easy and all you do is just clean the piece and put a couple I mean, coats on there and that's it. Saves you time. It saves you time. You know, it's worth yeah. the money for sure. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. I hadn't seen that. I'm not the best at repurpose. Well, that's not fair. I I'm old school. I, I'm not one to like paint a wood yeah. piece as much as other people are. Um, I don't know. I'm so romantic about the pieces that I find that I don't want to change it up much. I'm happy to like restore it. <laughs> um, but you know, to paint it is usually, I don't know. There's just something to me about that, that I just, I can't make myself do it. Oh yeah. Um, but some of that stuff in the, in the sixties and seventies, they were went a little out there with the, with the colors. So <laughs> you might, you know, painting it a little bit could, could help because it still has good lines. That is very true. I actually just bought, um, a couch that I'm in love with at auction for $6 very and nice. the cushions are down and they are so flat. <laughs> um, and so I'm trying to take, I need to get it over there soon, but, um, you know, I went to an upholster to talk to them about restuffing the cushions. Um, 
and they gave me a couple of different options. Of course, if I stuff it with down feathers again, it's going to be the most expensive. But, you know, when you pay $6 for a couch, <laughs> you can invest a couple hundred dollars in restuffing some cushions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, the fabric is in great shape. There's some stains on it, but you know, I have kids, so that doesn't, <laughs> we're going to add to them. Um, so, you know, I think that looking at a piece and saying like, eh, it's not in the best shape, but it is only $6. So, you know, investing a couple of bucks here and there, um, I think is always sort of worth it. Yeah. I mean, for that kind of price, give it a shot and just see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> they were telling me, and I thought this is interesting. Um, you know, I haven't gotten many things reupholstered or recovered. Um, I mean, it can be pricey. So, you know, I think you need to keep that in mind when you're buying a piece, um, what kind of work it's going to need and, and all of that. But, you know, if you get a really good deal, it's definitely worth it. Um, but, you know, I think that being able to talk to, to different folks too, and getting different estimates is important. It's all about word of mouth, right? Like, oh, yeah. Your mom had somebody that she loved. You use them. Your neighbor just got a new house. You know, you just kind of ask around for for different folks for um for recommendations on. Yeah, uh, I had a I had a couch that was in my dad's office that uh, is now in my office, and I had it recovered. And it was, I mean, it was pricey, but it wasn't as pricey as you'd think because if you searched, you know, for a new piece of, of the equivalent quality, it was about you know within range as buying something brand new. Now, I don't know if this is still true, and I haven't looked into this, but one of the tips that I had always been told is to look around at trade schools and prisms because they teach trades. And a lot of times you can get them like the student work, they're looking for pieces to recover. So if you bring in your own fabric, um, you can usually get the work done at a fraction of the cost. I don't know if that's still true, but you know, Angola is down the street. So <laughs> that's true. No, I hadn't heard of that, but maybe, yeah, maybe that's something people want to explore. <laughs> um, so that's just a little tip that I've always heard is a, a really good way to kind of cost cut on that way. Okay. Uh, the next thing I wanted to ask, is there a difference between something that's vintage and something that's antique? Or are they just interchangeable terms? No, they are not. That's a good question. There's a debate in the community on what the the time frames are um some people say anything that's over 20 years is considered vintage anything um that is 30 years is vintage there's i think a bit of a debate most people say that anything that's about 100 years old is an antique um but again the 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 time frame i think depends a little bit on who you ask um you know I, i think it's really interesting when you're trying to date something how much history will always play a factor into something. So, you know, if you're looking at a piece and you see that it was like, you know, West Germany or something, you, you can immediately place the time period of, of when that was. Or, um, you know, when you're looking at map or old globes, you know, if, if it's marked Soviet Union and you know, USSR and things like that, you can immediately tell, or depending on what some of the countries are called, um, you know, I, I always tell people, it just never ceases to amaze me. And I know this is sort of silly, but how much history played a factor into home decor. 
um, in a way that, you know, so much of like that burned bamboo, um, that, that like, um, what is it? The, the bronze tie flatware that you see everywhere that's so popular, kind of that boho look, you know, a lot of that was brought back home by soldiers when they were placed over there during wars um, as presents to their, to their brides. I actually found, um, you know, being in DC, we get, it's very transient and it's very, very military heavy up over here. And I found this bird cage in an estate sale um, a couple of months ago and it's from Japan. And I love asking stories when I'm there about the piece and, you know, how did it get here? Or who was it for? What was it used for? Um, you always, you always get the best stories, especially if there's like a family member that's there. And it was a, um, a, a military official who was stationed in Japan and brought the birdcage home for his wife as a present. Um, and I just, I just love looking at these pieces and thinking, you know, this is so great. This was such a sweet gesture by this husband for his wife or, um, you know, so many of these old things that you see are just crafts that aren't done anymore. You know, so many of these, like, I found a handmade rug that a woman made for her husband as their wedding present. <laughs> you know, it's just so sweet to think about these people who spent time making these things. Oh yeah. And it's great to give them new life. Exactly. Exactly. And save yourself some money at the same time. Exactly. So you can do your house with it. And then when you have people over and you entertain, it's just, it's, I just go through and tell stories the whole time. And it's so fun to be able to share that with folks. You know, this was my grandmother's or I found this at this place. Here's the story behind it. Um, you know, I, I often tease that I, I walk into an estate sale and I immediately picture the family having Christmas dinner at the table and I can see the China out there. And I don't know, it was just very sweet. And the family was very <laughs> proud to have everybody at the table and, I don't know. It's just sweet to kind of keep those stories alive. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what kind of vintage items uh, do you see like kind of the up and coming stuff, the stuff that's starting to trend right now? Do you have any thoughts on any of that? Well, I do. And you know, it's interesting right now because I think that, like I said, for a while we'd seen the vintage, the vintage, you know, um, scene kind of explode. I think COVID really really, really made it explode um, because of all of the supply shortages right now. The lead time on furniture is just insane. Oh yeah. So like you said earlier, we've got these gorgeous pieces that are already made sitting in, you know, somebody's home or, or whatever, um, ready, ready to purchase. Um, so that's really exploding. People are saying that, you know, the, the heavy wood is coming back in my house and in yours, it never went away. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think that you'll start seeing a lot of the eighties coming back. Oh, love um, it. Love it. I know, I know there's a huge, um, trend right now on kind of maximalism. So making, you know, mixing lots of patterns together, um, you know, I think that we're kind of getting away in the design world as far as vintage, um, in, in some of the more stark pieces. Um, I think there's also a bit of a debate right now on, you know, mid-century. Um, it's just, it's just not going away. Um, as much as people who may be tired of looking at it, it's just, it's, 
per perpetually popular. Um, you know, I think that some of the heavier like woods, like I said, are becoming more popular and not just that like mid-century teak. Okay. So my mahogany stuff I like is going to be harder to find. Is what... That's right. So you better start buying it up now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and that kind of segues nicely into uh, what do you, what do you see as like stuff that's kind of peaked and is now kind of on the down, the downtrend? Hmm. You know, I don't know. It's hard because, you know, so many people collect um, vintage things. And so I don't see that the collections have necessarily gone down. Um, gosh, that's a really good question. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, you know, I'm seeing an uptick in a lot of things like plates in my shop, I'm selling a lot more plates and, and table decor, but I think that that has to do with people entertaining again. Okay. You know, I think that there are things like that, that I see trends in. Um, obviously that was not selling during COVID because nobody was having anybody over at their house. <laughs> um, but design wise, I'm not sure, Brian, that's a good question. Mm. Maybe this stuff just gets a following and just never kind of really goes out. You know, it kind of does. And I think people just sort of fall in love with it. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't collect a lot of things, but I find that even if I find it and put it in my shop, collectors, you know, love it. Okay. So uh, this has been very informative. Where can people find Capital Vintage Charm so they can follow all your great content? Because the Charm School stuff is awesome. I love that. You are so sweet, Brian. Thank you. If I can ever get this year off the ground, I plan on doing a bunch. Um, Charm School, for those of y'all listening, is um, a series that I do where I interview collectors um, to kind of educate us on their collections. Um, again, this is part of my kind of mantra to help people identify, restore, and decorate vintage. Um, you know, when you're out and you're at an estate sale, you don't always know what you're looking at. Um, and so I think it's important that we have, you know, people who actually know about this kind of educate us. Um, anyway, the Charm School series and everything I have on my website, which is capital um, with an O, vintagecharm.com. And you can find me at the same name, Capital Vintage Charm on um, Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up in a, in a second, but stay on because uh, I've got some other, other things to ask you off off air here, but uh, thank you so much for, for being on the podcast and we really appreciate it. I know you're very busy. So we, I really appreciate you taking the time to help us out. Oh my gosh. I'm so flattered you asked. Thank you, Brian. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed that episode. Uh, of course, all the links to find Stacy will be uh, in the description. So if you uh, want to check out her content, which you really should, it's some, some great content and I'm not even that into decorating and I enjoy it. So if you're into decorating, you'll really like what she has to offer. And if y'all have any uh, thoughts on the show, just feel free to comment or, or contact us. If you'd like to send us an email to contact, uh, to give us your comments, we're at podcast at brclosing.com or uh, just feel free to let us know if you have ideas for future shows, things you'd like us to talk about and we'll see y'all next time.